Hi, welcome to Blank Bunnies. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Blank Bodies, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 podcast, and tabletop, and horror, some other stuff maybe, who knows. I'm Hunter, and I'm joined as always by... John. Sarah. And the lore bot. James. Nailed it. It's taken us like a year, but we finally got it. <laughs> yeah, we're... Uh... We have gained efficiency, my friends. Yeah. Yeah, good. They can't be programmed. <laughs> we are ever crawling towards our first year as a podcast, and that's terrifying. But mm-hmm. Why did they let us do this? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting us do this. Thank you. Nothing's stopping us yet. I mean, you're here. I'm just monitoring. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Uh, Inquisition. Not going to break Man, copyright. <laughs> not going to lie, guys. Wait, what copyright? Monty Python. No. That's not copyrighted. That wasn't Monty Python. That was Mel Brooks. Uh-huh. Monty Python is, they never expect the Spanish Inquisition. Hmm? That, that one, yeah. Man. How shitty See, is the Spanish Inquisition I, in this book? Uh, where they don't come up in the modern Second Inquisition. <gasps> not really. There is no Spanish Inquisition. Well, I mean, there is, but like that's a whole different org. Yeah. There's so many fucking org charts. I'm so sad right now because Why? I had a second, uh, the uh, no one expects the Inquisition joke in my head, and ready to go. I just didn't. And it, I didn't shoot it off fast enough, guys. No, mm-hmm. just no. I've, I just got History of the World Part One stuck in my head. That movie fucking slaps. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Today's episode was a surprise to me. I didn't know we were doing this. Yeah. Because no one expects the Inquisition. Inquisition. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the vampires expect the Inquisition after Shreknet. Well, yeah. Mm. So, Second Inquisition, the uh, the new source book for V5 has dropped and been shipped to most everybody, I think, that's ordered it. Mm-hmm. I think so, because I feel like I was one of the last people to get it. So Yeah, I know there's some international shipping issues because of these trying times. Uh, some of our Canadian friends posted they got it, so oh, it's good. at least out there. So some people did. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't expect you know, that to carry through the ground. That's okay. Because, you know, the only countries that exist in the world are the U.S. and Canada. Only ones that matter. <gasps> Not true. I've been told Canadians feel like they get their international sh- stuff last, though. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how to, that level... All the international shipping stuff I do is between, like, us and Europe. So between Canada, I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I mean, isn't most of Canada just, like, Feyland anyway? It takes time to, you know, do all the rituals and shit for the the Goblin Roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, first yeah, you gotta you, get past those Wendigo. Right. Yeah, and, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, your little hockey hooligans are controlled and... Something, something, leader Kenny joke. Uh. Oh my gosh. I want to make a Bruja who is a hockey player and he has a herd and or allies that are his hockey teammates. That Hell sounds yeah. very fun. It just depends <laughs> just on what you want to do with them. Yeah. But Beat for... the shit out of stuff. Come yes. on. Right? Then that's well, allies. Or retainers. Yeah, there's, there's, there's many ways to flavor that. Yeah. But yeah, so we got the book. We've read through it. I've tabbed the shit out of mine. I'm probably going to read through it again and it do a bunch more stuff. Tabs. I did. It made me happy. Look, I like putting the gay tabs in the, the Oorah military book. It's good. Funny. Uh, that's funny. I do want to say, uh, I read it too. I read some of the older books, but this main mm-hmm. book right here is a lot like uh, our ghouls episode. Like just getting the modern V5 stuff out mm-hmm. could have been multiple episodes. So we're kind of sticking to modern times and the new Second Inquisition book here. Yeah, yeah. we're probably going to go off on a few random tangents, but we're not going to go like too deep into the paint. 
Yeah. It wouldn't be blank bodies if we didn't do tangents. Yeah. That's... I have made too many notes on that Project Twilight book that I've already got on my phone to not go off. Yeah. Uh, if folks want us to go into further deep dives into the Second Inquisition and potential paramilitary conspiracies within the world of darkness, we could do that. Just let us know that's what you want. Yes. Currently, we're focusing on mostly the Second Inquisition, the new book, the new spicy book. Spicy. It's very spicy. Uh, and some... Uh, Notes that tie into previous uh, V5 canon books, including Core Book, Chicago by Night, Camarilla Book, and Fall of London. Fall of London. Yeah. I have a question. So, uh, so for our listeners, um, how spoilery are we going to get in this episode? Uh, not particularly. Okay, because I will say reading this, um, it this definitely felt like a must-have book if you're going to be an ST yeah. for V5, but your value as a player may not go as far. Yeah, it might not be as much on player options other than what it sounds like Sarah's gone into where equipment. Oh, the equipment list is fucking spicy. So uh, if you want more high-tech or heavy artillery shit for your game. Check on your Yes, it's a good reference point to get an idea gauging on like the ratings for certain equipment. Um, And if, if you want to get into like occult relics and artifacts there's some references in there that are canonical and you can use those for references for building shit for your game this is built mostly as a storyteller book mm-hmm. which is why all the reference materials in the front of the fucking book we cannot let bennett get a hold of this book no give it to bennett but uh, i can't he is not responsible enough to handle that artillery <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say as an extension of that, uh, this is definitely a book you should ask your ST before you dive into it. If you're in a game and they might be using it, I would like. There's a lot of stuff in this book I would want to use, like as kind of a surprise to my players. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to go deep into any of that, I don't think. But there is some spice in here that you might not want to just like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what my ST's been doing for the last three months. Yeah. If if you're cool, like not interjecting meta plot knowledge things into game then like eh, fine whatever it's your game you're adults you can figure it out uh if you want a surprise leave it for your st or buy it for them be like here you go hurt me with this <laughs> that's a that's a very good idea yeah buy this for your st so they can hurt you with things uh probably have that consent talk beforehand because if you tell your st hurt me that might give them the wrong signals just saying or the right ones i don't know i don't know how your game dynamics are exactly. <laughs> Ew. Ew. uh there's a quote. So who wants to read it? Oh, yeah, I'm taking this. What? <laughs> your humanity is your greatest weakness because it forces you to care about something that can defeat you. Reveal the details of your human life at your own peril. Truth is your enemy. Yes. So uh, we're going to cover a quick, rough timeline of events in relation to the Second Inquisition. This is a rough timeline that I've put together based off of dates given canonically in the books. Mm-hmm. You can change things as you will. And if you want to use any of these little date points as a plot point for your game, fucking do it. Because literally there's so much to unpack with each of these like little reference points that like these could be peeled off each into their own individual episode. Mm-hmm. I don't got that kind of time right now. So... Yes. I'll also point out these are this is just the V5 timeline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had originally read the original Inquisition book mm-hmm. just to prep for this, then realized that the first 30 pages of that book are nothing but history. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, we're keeping this just to the new book. Yeah, literally, me and Hunter could co-op a second 
pre-episode and also as we've stated in other episodes these dates are what's in the books it's your game fluctuate do whatever because i'm also going to be talking about just light bullet points of the older stuff which means you don't have to care about the direct dates it's fine it's your game have fun yeah so we're starting out with everybody's favorite topic 9-11 woohoo <laughs> what when was that <laughs> I don't know, but Bush did it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So that, that poor Mike Myers. Major crisis event. Hey, knock, knock. Hmm? Knock, knock. Who's there? 9 11. 9 11, who? You said you'd never forget. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> We're millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a 9 11 happened. That's a bummer. And yeah, it was a huge bummer. Uh, no one was really pleased about that except like a small cadre of people, which I'm like, I understand why you're pissed. That maybe not was the best reaction, but like, I get it. Uh, yeah, the Cambria as an organization looked at this and went, I could use this. Because <laughs> after 9-11, you know, there was the whole war on terror movement that started and the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan and Patriot Act and... <sighs> they opened up a Pandora's box. <sighs> yeah, so uh, various... Uh, leaders within the Cambria were just like, hey, what if I use these government agencies to smite my enemies? Smite them? Yeah, so it was like an extreme... There's no way that could go wrong. No, not at all. Not possible. Yeah, shockingly, weaponizing a paranoid and highly funded military uh, branches of the United States government ended poorly. Yeah. Hmm. It's it, weird how that they, worked. They literally <laughs> opened a Pandora's box. They're like, we can smite our enemies with that. I'm like, but you could also be smited with that dipshit. Yeah, so uh, over the process of these, certain uh, mortals kind of were putting pieces together going, hey, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. There's these undead monster things. This is fucked up. And started expanding operations outside of doing tactical strikes uh, against people in the Anarch and Spot movements. And eventually they discovered a Shreknet in 2004 and hmm. raided it. And mm-hmm. then Shreknet got taken down. Huh. Yeah, it's totally not back up. No, not at all. Not that we're aware of. Uh, that's a Nosferatu episode. Yeah. That could be its whole own episode, too. The invasion and fall of Shreknet could be its own fucking episode. Yeah. I don't have time for that right now. Moving on. Uh, no. After the uh, desolation of Shreknet, we have the beginnings of Project First Light. Oh, boy. Yeah, which is a joint NSA-CIA program. Uh, it will continue on. Uh, starting around 2006, uh, SO13 starts purging Kindred in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. What is SO13? Uh, that is a, uh, branch of British intelligence that is specifically designated for destroying Kindred. Oh, okay. So the British just get in on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, because, uh... We'll get into this a little bit more, but I'm going to go through this timeline just so you can understand how much of like a disjointed bureaucratic like clusterfuck all of this becomes. So, uh, in 2008, the Prime Chantry in Vienna gets raided and destroyed by a combination of SOCOM agents as well as ESOG and Bose agents using uh, drones and uh, holy relics to invade. Holy relics. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a whole uh, combination of ancient... Uh, Belief systems and magic, as well as uh, high technology. Interesting. To take down the wizards. <laughs> and well, they do. Yeah, fuck them. I got notes on that. <laughs> yeah, we've got... Yeah. That's yeah, the so. one thing from the Second Inquisition that I can say, like, eh, it's probably for the best. <laughs> you say that, and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a problem, of... because when the Second Inquisition raids the Prime Chantry, they also plundered it. Yeah, mm, yeah that is a problem. So, yeah, it's a bit of a problem. 
Yeah, uh, I wonder who would have problems with other wizards. I wonder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in 2008... That's uh, a tool we'll use for later. Yes. In 2008, uh, Gru and 58 uh, agents uh, start increasing renditions in Russia. Uh, city clearing operations Hold run on. by... Yes. Renditions of what? Like Shakespeare's uh, renditions, play at the park? A rendition is uh, basically like black bagging somebody. And, you know, because... Uh, I like my definition a lot more. Yeah, it's nicer. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember which organization it was. I don't remember if it was GRU or if it was SO13, but there was a note in the book that uh, one of these organizations boasts a rendition failure rate of 8%. Huh. So that means out of, uh, if they rendition 100 sentient beings, 92 of them are kindred. Damn. Eight are mortals. Fuck them. <laughs> if you got rent, if you got black bag by mistake, oops. Oh, I mean, well. that's not all that surprising, to be fair. No. <laughs> yeah, they're like ah, acceptable losses. I I yeah. was about to say honestly, that's like surprisingly good. I figured it'd be like, sorry, we killed fifteen people, but eh, yeah, there's... well, that's the thing that they're bragging about an eight percent failure rate. Mm. I'm just like, oh god. Yeah. <sighs> the implication for all these other organizations we brought up. Yeah. Which is theirs is much worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the best numbers. Mm-hmm. Yup. And they're not just executing these people either. Sometimes they're like, they are. Okay. Sometimes it's execution. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Sometimes that's it's the best option. Uh we're gonna call it enhanced interrogation. Right. Sometimes yeah. getting surrogated in the middle of the street is the best option. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's efficient. Continuing on in the timeline. Uh <laughs> City clearing operations run by a by police and UTR, which is known as unusual threat response troops, mm. in Detroit are betrayed by a blank body recruit in 2012. Uh-oh. I think uh, my ex had a couple of those ones. <laughs> a blank body recruit? Are you talking about a UTI? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Piss so, after sex, people. Yeah. Uh, there, there are mentions of the Chicago by Night book about uh, the Second Inquisition, basically... Uh, laying waste to the kindred populations in Detroit, which Detroit used to be a Sabbat stronghold in the canon, and it is not any longer. It's a fun threat to use as a storyteller for people fucking around in Chicago, though, just being like, hey, on the other side of the lake is a city full of feds. Please keep fucking around. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but yeah, that group apparently was uh, betrayed, and a lot of their inspira- uh, operations kind of went to shit. Uh, there's a lot of really cool details about that sprinkled throughout the Second Inquisition book, so you kind of have to like piece it all together to be like, oh, oh. cool. So that's kind of fun. Uh, the final death of Queen Anne of London happens in November 2013. So that was the former Prince of London, just hmm. gone. Damn. Yeah. So London's gone. Uh, <laughs> you can play that in Fall of London if you want and see how it goes for your players. Nice. Uh, Unit eight two one one tracks elders following the beckoning. Uh, they hmm. are following the leads back from these people that they uh, capture and are able to trace them back to havens all across the world. Problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the DJSE, uh, Direction Générale de la Sécurité Extérieure, uh, drives the Prince uh, Francois Villon of Paris into hiding and also starts clearing kindred out of Marseille, which is the city that uh, Karna used to be the prince of. Hmm. So things are fucking around in France. <laughs> Every time this this yeah. Marseille, yeah, Marseille, Marseille, Marseille. Um, you guys ever been to Friendship, Indiana? No. What about Versailles? Every time. <laughs> the every time that and <laughs> Dubois 
Du Bois also hurts my brain. Also, it's every time so I hear good. Edinburgh, it's so Lebanon. It's so good. Uh, living in the Midwest. I love that you go there and you say, oh, I like your little town. Versailles is really cute. And they get upset. They are mad. They're like, it's Versailles. All right, man, it's Versailles. It's spelled Versailles, like France. Yeah. French over Change there. it. I, I think I think the, the people who settled here were French. It's Versailles. You're mad. Yeah. Fuck off. Die Terre wrong. Haute. I love it. I think it's hilarious. It's so funny. Versailles! Yeah. All right. So anyway. Yeah, moving on. Uh, for fun notes, uh, U.S. SOCOM operations uh, exist in 177 countries, uh, and uh, there's an unknown amount of first light cleared agents within SOCOM. So this is a big international network of who knows how many people are involved in these kindred clearing uh, agencies and practices. Damn. Holy shit, giant, uh, giant governments, organizations with barely any oversight. Who knew? And and secret, you know, budgets. And no that, one talking. That nobody is, is taking into account or any of that. Yeah, that's mm. Mm, weird. I have no idea. What Where do like. these tax dollars go? Mystery <laughs> pool. <laughs> what? Why does this just say two billion dollars? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Don't ask. That's fine. That's just the money they're telling us they're using. <laughs> yup. 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 <laughs> I wish it was just coke. I really do. Humans. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, First light agents take control of Black Site 24 in Chicago in 2015. That sounds awful. It is. I it's don't know what Black Site 24 is. It's a lure sheet in yeah. Chicago by night. Um, it does mirror a unfortunate real world situation where CPD Chicago police officers were caught having a uh, black site of their own and they were holding uh, prisoners. Mm. And keeping them outside of actual processing. Mm. Oh, you so can they- read you can read these actual news articles. It's very uncomfy. Yeah. The uh, coalition establishes the SMLCPASCE, or as it's better known, the Subministerial Level Consultation Program to address stochastic crises events in 2016. I feel like saying the entire name and saying the acronym are just about as difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's tactical reasons for this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Smilk pask. Smilk pask. Smilk <laughs> Smilk pask. No, uh, I think you should be... That inspires fear in the yeah, hearts of your enemies. I think it Smilk should be... Smilk pask is coming for you. I think it should be completely legal if somebody says, I'm part of Smilk pask, that you can just punch them in the face. <laughs> like, they, they can't press charges. Just be like, no, you deserve that. This is for the Bow. greater good. Smilk pask. Yeah. The coalition establishes the... MLCCTSP, or the Multilateral Liaison Committee for Counter-Terror Scenario Planning in 2017. Hmm. And that is about as current as I was able to get on actual dates on the timeline. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. That all happened pretty quick. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? Just a little bit over 10 years? And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot very quickly. And <laughs> so what is the Second Inquisition? I don't it's know. We people. Can't, we can't expect. Who kill sometimes people, but mostly vampires. At least that's and what they're saying. And other monstrous people. Things. I would say my um, quick description would be a coalition of world governments and the Catholic Church and other religious organizations coming together to hunt vampires. Almost. Yeah, it doesn't quite encapsulate everything at least the way it's like parsed out in the book i try to come up with my own slightly more 
And my, mm, go ahead. I was about to say, and my Pepe Silvia is an organization that's being controlled by another organization. Yeah, that's, that's that, we'll get into all later. of these are not incorrect. They yeah. just kind of don't cover everything. Mm-hmm. So the the term the, the definition I tried to come up with was a bureaucratic web of intelligence, military, police, and religious agencies, along with non-state actors that are aware of the masquerade and seek to counteract the control of these unnatural beings. Because yeah, it's yeah. Not, yeah, it's not just like state governments. It's not just military. It's not just police. It's not just religious. There's also. Uh, more layers to it because you also get you know uh, military contractors you get like little hunting orgs on their own you get lone wolf people conspiracy nuts yeah yeah QAnon and flat earther types yeah it's it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot there's basically a part that's just talking about like oh yeah sometimes redditors try and figure out who's a vampire mm-hmm. yeah just people on the internet that are just like it, they're kind of akin to like people in the true crime community that are just like oh there's this unsolved mystery I'm gonna figure it out do 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 or if I don't know if you remember when the Boston bombing happened mm-hmm. and Reddit played detective for like three days till they caught the real guy, almost yeah. got a rando killed over it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They Reddit do do that sometimes. They're like, "We're helping," and I'm like, "Kind of." Overall, yes, but also, how many people did you destroy along the way? Like, like the Russians said, acceptable losses. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh. It is said in the core book, and I thought this was a funny note, that the term Second Inquisition was something coined by an uh, unknown Toreador. Hmm. So, good job on the branding, guys. Mm-hmm. Good job. Nailed it. Uh, basically, because this is a multi-tiered uh, like org web of things, there's a lot of acronyms, so reading the book kind of hurts your brain. It kind of hurt my brain a lot, because I've, I've been reading it and rereading it for the past two weeks, and I'm just like, oh, God. Uh, but uh, I've I've tried to parse it down into three major tiers to hopefully organize this in a way that'll make sense for everybody. So uh, the Second Inquisition is headed by what is called the Five Torches. These are the five major uh, governmental or institutional groups that are in charge of organizing and funding the Second Inquisition as we know it currently. Uh-huh. So uh, this... Fun list goes down. I list the uh, the countries involved and then the major uh, organizations that they are in charge of. Hopefully this will help clear things up. It probably won't. It's going to be an alphabet soup of just government nonsense. I like alphabet soup. Yep. Starting with the United States. <laughs> A- Yay. USA. USA. Sorry, I bumped my mic. No, that's okay. Uh, that's the right amount of hey, energy. Real quick, before we jump into this yeah. alphabet soup, I'm going to ask a question about alphabet soup in general. Yeah, what's up? Can any of you think of a um, an acronym or, or an organization that has an acronym of three letters? That's a good organization. TST. Okay, cool. I just <laughs> needed to make sure there was one. <laughs> I know there's people that bitch about the Satanic Temple, but I'm like, overall, net positives. CBS has some good shows yeah. sometimes. Oh, okay. PBS. Right. Oh, PBS for sure. PBS okay. usually is pretty good. TCG. All right. Cool. HRT. I'm here for HRT, but like, <laughs> no. Uh, anywho. Yeah. So the United States, uh, we tend to be the loudest and have the biggest budget and think we have the biggest swing and dick. So therefore, uh-huh. we're one of the five torches. <laughs> uh, our biggest contribution is First Light. First Light was initially a CIA, NSA, uh, like joint project it has now become its own fucking thing Uh 
That's not spooky. Uh, Those tend to happen with CIA projects. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's upsetting. Uh, there's also the IAO, or the Information Awareness Office, which is eh, does paranormal vampire kindred researchy stuff, but it uh, involves a little bit more like tech stuff, and it's its own thing. There's also the FBI's SAD uh, branch, which is the Special Affairs Division. <laughs> So what do those those officers do? Those people do? Do they just uh, like sit in rooms and cry? Uh probably. But uh, uh no, they wiretap. They're sad. Yes. They, uh, yeah, yeah. Sad is they sad listen to microphones. Yeah. Again, uh, that would make that would make me real sad if I had to listen to like normal everyday people's life and conversations all day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you, you get normal conversation, normal conversation, un incoherent screaming. I think one thing to keep in mind is, I don't know if you ever saw the interviews, or I think there's a whole documentary about it, about the uh, Facebook moderators oh, who yeah. basically like went into like depressive spirals because of all the bullshit they had to see all day long. Oh, mm-hmm. Now imagine doing that for the government. Yeah. We were just like boring conversation, boring conversation, dead body, child porn, dead body, mm-hmm. horny posting, just, just the constant stream of everybody's bullshit. I'm just yeah. like, oh yeah. God. Too much. Too much. But yeah, the uh, Special Affairs Division also is a subset of the FBI that uh, focuses on paranormal stuff. So they mm-hmm. do technically investigate things outside of vampires. But for V5, they, we don't have that info. So I didn't get into it. We have some past info that we're going to tangent about later. Let us get through the official stuff. And then we'll come back to the sad stuff because I've got notes on them. Yeah. And also for uh, in the arsenal of the United States... Uh, Governmental uses, we also have SOCOM, ICE, DEA, and CDC as parts of operational... Because of course we have ICE. Oh, God. Yeah, there's also... You just need to get a good decker for that. Do do you think that First Light is such a piece of shit that they send all of the brown vampires to ICE? Well, here's the thing with ICE, and the book does note this, that ICE has jurisdiction within 100 miles of the border on both sides of the United States which covers 75% of the United States population. And ICE has jurisdiction in ways that a lot of other officers don't. So it's kind of like fucking with the TSA. Gotcha. You think they're silly. Please don't. Again, watch Get Out. Don't fuck with TSA. Uh, Yeah. So the next branch of the torches is the United Kingdom. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Britain has the JTRG, or the Joint Threat Response Group, uh, which is their uh, big investigating thing for the Kindred. Their big investigating thing that involves uh, actually murdering Kindred is SO13. They are considered to be some of the best in uh, eliminating uh, tactical threats. Yeah, they only kill eight people out of 100. Yeah. Well, there's Mm -hmm. also, uh, if you're going to have second Inquisition agents that do, like, night raids or specialize in actually uh, killing vampires. These are... These are the ones? These are some of the ones where you're just like, oh, no. Like, mm-hmm. they, they took out most of the kindred in London. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, These guys know what they're doing. Quick question. Now, does that mean they're skilled or is it just the fact that it's such a condensed country? There's not much place to go. Well, yeah. Uh, there's also the Arcanum. Mm-hmm. The Arcanum. Got notes on that. Yeah, it's... Yeah. The Arcanum's very, like... Did you read Helsing? It's very like that. Cool. <laughs> and the notes in this new book about them are... So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have our friends, 
in Russia mm. uh, with uh, Gru N58 or I'm going to try and say this. I'm sorry, everyone. Napravlinia 58, the eighth direction of the fifth directorate. So this is old Soviet organization that's continued on into current times that specialized in dealing with uh, vampire threats. Mm-hmm. And they also hmm. have unit uh, 242 and they're, it's there. It's basically the Russian Orthodox counterpoint to the Vatican, which is the Akritai. Akritai? So it's like Russian Orthodox uh, religious stuff. Uh, we also have Brazil with uh, Bose, which is the Brazilian Special Police Operation Battalions. Hmm. Uh, they tend to handle all of the uh, kindred uh, investigative forces in South America. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of backing from the Vatican. Also, they're very bad people. Yeah, well, basically everybody here is. Uh, I know. <laughs> I just want to bring that bad. up because I think there was like a big kerfuffle about like them not making how, a note about how terrible. No, they were. it wasn't. It was not these guys. Which one was it? Uh, yeah, it's well these guys, and there's also PMX, which is military police uh, extraterritorial operations uh, from Brazil. A lot of the way things that these are described, they kind of remind me of. Uh, I'm sorry. The way that a lot of this was described in the text reminded me a lot of. Uh, a lot of paramilitary violence that has been happening for decades in South America. And I'm just like, Oh no. Fuck. Rough. So, uh, handle that tactfully, please everybody. And then the last of the five torches is the Vatican. Of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. Well, there's the La Entaya, which is like the big paranormal investigating umbrella within the Vatican. And then there's the society of St. Leopold. And all of their subdivisions, as well as ESOG, which is the Entity uh, Special Operations Group, and Gladius Day. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what if we gave church guys swords and guns and sent them into battle? If you pegged them, they'd calm down. Probably. It's pretty much a modern Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, with the swords and everything. Like, like full Father Anderson levels of The difference like, is, the First Inquisition are not happy about that. If you look at the sheet uh, for um, Second Inquisition, Laura, the one you got on your character, they're actually the the First Inquisition is informing on the Second because they're like, "Fuck you guys." Yeah, there's a lot of people that carried on traditions from mm-hmm. the First Inquisition within the Vatican, mm-hmm. so they have a lot of more specializations in the supernatural bent, mm-hmm. and you know they have you know that truth faith and all that kind of stuff, and then they're like, "Yeah, but what if we gave them a fucking you know AK forty seven? He'll fire true faith bullets. Mm-hmm. That's called guiding bolt. I was uh, really into Hunter the Vigil and okay. Hunter the Reckoning. So when we started this show, I started putting that together a couple episodes on like the original Inquisition and some of these other groups. We'll go, uh, go tangents at the end, but like a lot of the stuff they're referencing here could have its own episode, and it's mm. got deep history to it. So yeah, so we're just trying to give you guys the brush of the alphabet soup so if you see this going further in uh new books and a lot of these are also back referenced in the older books so mm-hmm. hurrah we got through the soup so the next level poof of the inquisition is uh it's technically called the second players which are other government and insti- like official institutions that are working with or assisting or getting back up from the five torches these Two groups together make up what is called the coalition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we have the coalition, which is everybody that's officially involved. The coalition is broken up into the five torches we just talked about. 
And then there is the second players, and the book lists a handful of them. Uh, we have Egypt with Homeland Special Program. We have France with La Caldecion. Uh, I said that in Spanish. I'm sorry. <sighs> Hi, guys. I'm so fucking brain dead. I basically had this week be a genocide sandwich for me, and I'm just like, ugh. It's the worst <laughs> sandwich. Yes. And then uh, Israel has Unit 8211. Uh, Japan has TID, which is Third Intelligence Department, which is definitely more uh, Ghost in the Shell sci-fi techie mm-hmm. kind of shit. So if you like that kind of stuff, of course. Uh, Poland has Bureau Nine, which well, is very Roman intense. numerals, real good. Yeah, well, their their big thing is like we don't like vampires and we don't like communists. <laughs> it's very like oh no, uh, and then <laughs> Sweden has uh, GK or G Condorant, which is their version of uh, stuff. It's a lot. Uh, mm. It's it's all very interesting. A lot of the way the stuff is written out does tie into real world uh, organizations and military groups. And if you're interested in those kind of histories and how those interplay with the real world, you can go down that rabbit hole. I did. That's why I'm a little bit brain soup today. So yeah, this is the episode where that if, when you get uh, excited about ideas in these books and you start researching them, you will end up on a watch list. So yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I I I knew I was on a watch list before, and I probably just got bumped up several <laughs> several, several <steps>. degrees. <laughs> you now have two FBI agents. Hey, <laughs> it's great. You know, it's like hey hey boys, how you doing? Hi. <laughs> How are things? Derek, How are the wife and Eddie, kids? How's it going? Yeah. I will not remove that ca- that piece of tape from my camera. <laughs> and they don't know each other. It's the best part. That one doesn't know the left hand doesn't know about the right hand. So yeah. they both just be Yeah. Yeah, that's just second inquisition right there. Yeah. It is. They could be working in the same office next to each other on the same project and they Do have you, no idea. Do you understand how much I would love it if a vampire fucked up so hard that they got the second inquisition hammer dropped down on them? They get it dropped so hard it's two other teams and they fuck each other up. Oh yeah, you could absolutely run that as a plot if you want. Alright, so before we get two in the weeds. So we mm-hmm. have the coalition with the five uh-huh. torches and the second players. Yeah. The bottom rung of this whole thing is called farm teams. Is it like a street team, but basically, for Second Inquisition? Yeah, basically. These are smaller, more localized groups that are not, quote-unquote, officially involved with the coalition, mm-hmm. but oftentimes will get information or backing or will be, like, specked out to be recruited. Uh, this can range from law enforcement to crime lords to your local conspiracy theory nutbags to just lone vampire hunters. Just people running Somebody around Somebody who's power, who has the power of God and anime on their side. Yeah, yeah. just... Oh, they killed my sister. Vengeance. Like somebody who's just doing a Batman. Right. Could be part of this. It all could just doing the world's shittiest trench coat blade. Yeah, or you know, it could be you know your local police department in the United States that's gotten uh, free military gear because of budgeting, Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. like, "Well, we have these tanks. It'd be a shame if we didn't use them." Yeah. Could also in your game be like, "Hey, we gave you those tanks for a reason." Vampires. Yeah. Hey, you need to understand you're part of this special op and we need you to be a good, good big boy and go take out the people in this place. And it turns out it's just a whole conspiracy to gentrify a neighborhood. It is part of, there is a whole subplot in the book and I love it, but it's so fucking evil of people in this acquisition weaponizing gentrification as a way to remove vampires from a population. Hmm. Because, you know, it's harder to hunt humans when there's not people just chilling out in the streets. Yeah. And, you know, if a neighborhood is getting gentrified, you have more people, like, watching out for things to get neighborhood watches. People start installing, like, Amazon Ring cameras. Yeah. People start caring about property values. So, you know, vampires can't fuck around as much. 
it even talks about in the book where if uh, a hunter is specifically trying to go after one guy they know's in an area, and so they start paying to have street lights and stoplights put in in the area, hmm. just so like they have less places to hide. Right. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh. and also you know the damage it does to local communities. Yeah. Ah! Anyways, I'm fine. We're fine. It's... Again, who is the real monster here? Yeah, that's the that's the the hosts. No, that's rude. The vampires. Yeah. Unfriendly. Uh, I I I found a quote that I thought was really cool. And who wants to read it? I'll take it, this. One. It's a longer one, but it's good. <laughs> See, burr, told you that's, burr, a, burr, that's burr. a real good vocal warm up bo, right there. Bo bo ho ho ho. You got to warm up properly. <laughs> like a certain killer cyborg from the future, the coalition can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever. Individual inquisitors or soldiers or cops or nuns can be reasoned with and bargained with. And most feel fear, some feel pity, and even a few feel remorse. All those deviations in human moments make excellent stories, ripples in the flood, but the narrative relentless washes over those stories, replacing every flawed or broken foe with two more, ten more, out for revenge or salvation. The Inquisition as a whole, both as a conspiracy and a movement that inflames that conspiracy, will not stop until every kindred burns. (laughs) And just like the Terminator, folks... Just use unorthodox methods to take care of them. Ah, depending on how that goes for your story. So, yeah, that is the Second Inquisition in a very rough nutshell. Uh, what does this mean for your game and your table, though? Be afraid. Be careful. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this is probably the closest that V5 has to a monster manual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is fucking spicy shit. Like, previously you could always make vampires using the rules there's some template stuff in the back of the core book for like other supernaturals and loose vampire hunters this is a giant book full of references of things for your st to kill you with yeah the thing is the book is not even that big but it is fucking dense like i went through an entire pack of tabs just noting shit that i'm gonna have to use for reference for later just for me being an st let alone show notes and i'm just like I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) As your player, I love this. I love this. Yes. I'd rather have it noted and be aware of it to use. It doesn't mean I'm going to use it, you know, because that's the next uh, point in this is uh, how this is used really depends on the kind of story or chronicle that you and your table want to run. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, the way the second exhibition is set up, you can't really remove it from your game but you can definitely have like threat levels and you can calibrate that to the kind of story that you and your friends want to tell Mm -hmm. so good news there the rules for this are actually in the core book it's been there the whole fucking time guys it's been here spooky sneaky recording the second inquisition is the friends we made along the way (laughs) (laughs) kind of uh yeah, if you go to page uh, 364, there's a nice little segment specifically about the Second Inquisition and how to use it in your game. It lists several different options for, uh, I've called them threat levels. I'm just going to talk about three that are really kind of the easiest to wrap your brains around quickly. 
which is one, there's a passive threat. The SI is part of the background. It is a looming threat and the players can't avoid it as long as they play smart. So it's there. It doesn't really have to be a major issue in your game unless, you know, players want to fuck around and find out. Right. Which that's a perfectly valid way to go. There is active threat, which is the second inquisition is actively hunting kindred. How do your players respond to this? So the second inquisition is doing something in the city or the town that you're in. They don't necessarily have to be going after your players directly, but it is an active plot thing happening. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and then there's front and center. Uh, the SI is the main plot of your campaign. Uh, do your players infiltrate, sabotage, convert, etc.? How do they seek out local task force and twist them into their favor? Hmm. Awesome. That one I feel like is a big roll of the dice. Like mm -hmm. every session is a larger roll of the dice mm -hmm. than a normal session would be. Yeah, because that one, that one, you can run the gambit from uh, basically reverse from dusk till dawn if you mm -hmm. wanted, or you can go full like spy versus spy, mm -hmm. uh, Game of Thrones levels of politics and drama. Yeah, chess moves and whatnot. Yeah. Also, for the record, I fucked up. I should have said the second position was the enemies we made along the way. Ah, yes. Yeah, but um, I was going to say, um, with this one, too, it talks about in the history section how uh, the Detroit team was uh, flipped on by mm -hmm. a kindred who they were working with. You could have your players be uh, vamps who've been recruited forcefully or not into their task force to root out other vampires. And do they want to flip? Do they want to try and specifically go for other vamp that they have had issues themselves with? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fun that could be had just with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's great. It gives lots... And this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, is that the Second Inquisition book is more of a book geared towards storytellers, because most of the book is taken up by uh, information on, like, org, like, uh, organization charts. It's like, okay, if this group is, this type of group is in this setting, here is a rough of how they're going to operate, and it gives you information as a storyteller of, like, how to set up the roles to run things in the background, uh, difficulties for, like, oh yeah, if your players do X amount of fuck around here's their difficulty number to find out mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of shit uh they pre-write a bunch of npcs being like oh hey if the second exhibition is new to the area this is how they're going to infiltrate this is how they're going to behave here's things to look for is it hmm. different per organization or is it just uh it's broken down by um regional no it's broken down by tactic so there is the social uh okay. npcs there's the ones that are more mentally based so that's gonna be like your hackers and information brokers mm -hmm. uh there's the physical ones which is the you know uh kick the door in swat team raid kind of guys and then there's the occult so that's where you're gonna get the uh mortal sorcerers is where you're gonna get the clergymen those kinds of people and the social is a little bit more like blackmail-y and you know hey this cute girl you were talking at with the bar for weeks actually is an agent for the second inquisition and she's been mining you for information this whole time mm. warning that is almost the plot of every single fucking mage fluff book back in the day <laughs> it is almost always a mage is learning to be a mage and a cute girl is flirting with her by the way that's a technocrat agent do you realize how many times i have weaponized that in games as a player mm -hmm. every time if i can i will because i'm just like well I'm used to people not respecting me at the table because, you know, girl. I'm like, all right, I'm going to judo this. Fuck you. Why do you think Max doesn't have a romance life? 
And Max is? <laughs> Max is the uh, eco-terrorist in one of our stream games. So, yeah, you are armed with the book and the info and the knowledge. Uh, adding the Second Inquisition, the book, the way it is written, uh, I love the fact that a lot of the information from this does parallel real-world uh, information because that way storytellers and players can use their actual world knowledge to help build and create a story, but then that also causes problems because mm -hmm. you are running games and telling stories that parallel actual things that are happening in the world. So we're going to talk about that for just a little bit. A little, um, little bit. Yeah. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade is a mature-themed game that delves into personal horror. These themes and stories can delve into dark and heavy topics, including addiction, body horror, mental illness, sexual trauma, so on and so forth. By adding the Second Inquisition as a more serious... Uh, plot element in your game you're going to be adding to this pile of horror interpersonal societal systemic and political themings into your game really heavily <sighs> and in light of a lot of recent uh world events i think for that reason i'm gonna i'm trying to like make a point of like hey these are the things that might come up uh which includes things like religious trauma because you know uh there's, there are certain people that are going to be cool with having stories that are going to talk about, like, what is the nature of the human soul and salvation and damnation and what does that all really mean in the context mm -hmm. of faith? And then there's also, you know, religious extremism. Because, yeah, you're probably going to have hunters that are going to be like, vampires exist. My faith has been confirmed. I am a warrior of Christ or, you know, mm -hmm. Allah or whoever they're affiliated with. Clearly vampires, gotta have a god. Mm -hmm. Or vampires this is the one of the signs of the end times as spoken about in revelations mm -hmm. the end times are here and it doesn't matter if i burn buildings down because this is i am god's holy warrior i am god's holy warrior and i'm just sending them to a safer place i'm doing the most good i'm yeah. sparing them the apocalypse yeah which i think is an interesting story to be told and uh, you know some folks are cool with that some folks are not going to be having the spoons for that. Super valid. Uh, we're also getting into techno horror, which is <laughs> shit that I fucking love, but also like, ah, because we got, you know, privacy issues. Like, you know, there's things like in the United States, we have Project Prism and all the NSA stuff. And there's mm -hmm. also, you know, the metadata farming that's been happening by private corporations. So you could have a plot in your game where part of the Second Inquisition might be a private social media company that's actually mining all of this data about kindreds and selling it to the government for profit. <laughs> Facebook. I like the idea of instead of doing all that for techno horror, we mm -hmm. just watch um, Return of the Living Dead like three, Rave, th Rave from the Grave. I love that movie. If we could just do that instead, so that'd be cool. Good. That's Return of the Living Dead five. <laughs> is it five? Yep. Jesus yeah, Christ. There's a, there's yeah, a three, three is the Romeo and Juliet one. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I got that backwards. Okay. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rave from the Grave is five. Yeah, three is uh -huh. an underrated classic. Yeah, Just that whole, three's good. That whole series, three's is a lot of fun. Three's good. By the way, if you get horny into that, um, either you're hard into romance or you're really into sadism and masochism. Why not both? Yeah, yeah, it could be both. It could those be both. aren't those aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah, I'm and just also, saying it's triggering one of them. Oh, that's true. And uh, continuing on in techno hoarder, there's also technophobia, transhumanism, and the supernatural is a theme that's going to come up. Where, yeah, you're going to have vampires that are older. And they're mm -hmm. not as connected in with the internet and technology. And they're going to view the world and experience things different than people in the Second Inquisition and other mortals around them. Mm -hmm. And for some people, 
that's a lot to process. They're also very scared of like, what if they're putting chips in fucking everybody? You know, because you might get some crazy Second Inquisition like farm team that thinks vampires are actually like New World Order brain chip psychos mm -hmm. that are stealing blood. Yeah. Yeah. That's Iteration X. New World Order doesn't shove chips into people. I don't, they're, they don't know. I know. All right. I'm a New World Order agent. I'm just making sure. <sighs> no, I was going to say that... Um... That could get that one specifically. I think you have to be careful with of all the ones that is listed, even though it's not really um, an upset point for me. Um, when you start delving into like real world conspiracy and mixing it in with your vampire game, it's like, yeah, like QAnon and all this could really be like upsetting. Um, so just be careful because during your consent episode, you need to have a hard like, this is a game. We are going to be talking about real world subjects. It's still just a game, folks. Yeah. And it also gets into another aspect of like what I consider to be part of techno horror, which is uh, disinformation and conspiracy culture. Oh, God. Which has, you know, affected us all in very real ways, especially over the last few years. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. But yeah, it being able to use disinformation campaigns is something that is touched on in the book as something the Second Inquisition will use. Um, and it's something that could come up in your game. Um, I've played a character that was basically trying to uh, harness social media to counteract Second Inquisition people that are like, oh my God, vampires exist and da da da. And they're just like using bots to mass post things on Reddit and all sorts of places to tweak stories into going into other directions. Yeah. And um, like the nature of belief and in and of itself is such a like scary thing to play with. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a meme, but it is also kind of terrifying. Just the phrase, you are not immune to propaganda. Mm -hmm. uh, two things. I also have played a character that is doing similar things. And there's also a lore sheet. Uh, I believe it's Ambromorphous that does bring up a Nosferatu that's not like, oh, okay. Yeah. That is not fully like Shrek neck, but does bring up the point like, Hey, Camarilla, we have to keep using the internet because if we don't, they're gonna find us. Like we have, like your character said, like it has similar motivations for the. No, you you need some form of presence. Like if you don't like pay attention to the internet, do stuff with the internet, you're gonna get fucked. Next major theme in the Second Inquisition book is state violence. Yeah, you could have just said state. State violence. Look, insert system of a down right here. Uh, <laughs> just surge doing everything yeah oh god so yeah themings of things that will come up that you should probably talk about with your players is the police involving mm. police brutality and militarization yeah all of these things just as a reminder talk to your players first yes there's also uh issues mm -hmm. with government and intelligence agencies uh, a lot of the way that the uh, Second Inquisition agents are going to work is very akin to real-world government conspiracies, including MKUltra, COINTELPRO, and the War on Drugs. I think these are interesting. They're things that should be discussed, and if you want to have morality plays about this at your table, great. Some folks are probably not well-educated or don't want to fucking deal with it because it personally affected their lives. So, you know... Check in on that. Also, even if it didn't personally affect their lives, like Still some of that in. stuff is really intense. Like yeah. the stuff they did with MK Ultra by itself, like I don't necessarily know if I really want to deal with that most days. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So how much I have to be in the mood for it. Yeah. So how much of an active part of your story this will be in your game? You can you can calibrate 
depending mm-hmm. on like the story and tone you guys want to strike, but it's kind of just going to be there. Handle that with care to the best you can. Yeah. Uh, there's also war, the military, and contractors with big air quotes. <laughs> Mercenaries. Contractors. Yeah. Uh, and this will tie into things like literally the war on terror, uh, conflicts that we've had internationally, like in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, uh, paramilitary agencies like Blackwater. Mm-hmm. And we'll also, you know, touch into current issues like the crisis happening in Ukraine, which for some people is a lot. I, it's like, a lot. I, I have some friends that are like military vets and I'm like, yeah, they probably don't want to fucking deal with this at their goddamn table. Mm-hmm. Some of them mm-hmm. might and they might be super into it and that's fine. Work through your trauma. Uh, well, I don't think games should be used as therapy, but you know. If, if people are able to take their real world knowledge and turn it into something that's like a fun for everybody, cool. I, I feel it's a decent therapy tool. It shouldn't be your soul. No, absolutely not. Do not, please. That's a me thing. Like, I'm super like, if you're having those kind of issues, please go to a therapist. Yeah, I was going to say, unless your ST is a therapist and you are doing a D&D session as a form of group therapy, don't put the other players at the okay, table no. through your problems. Yeah, yeah, do not do this without discussing it to anybody. Always yeah. talk to your group. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you can, if there's, like, small emotional catharsis in discussing X, Y, mm-hmm. and Z, like, that's fine. I think that should be fine, but again, should also be discussed. Yeah. Uh, also, the rising tides of fascism is a theming that can come up within a lot of these plots, which is a lot and is very stressful and... I think not acknowledging it is not responsible. How much you want to deal with that at your table is something you all should calibrate and work on together as a group. As we said, who's the villain here? You can very easily run a game that's just like, all right, who's less fascist? The Second Inquisition or the Camarilla? Right. Or, you know, a certain sect of the Anarchs might just go super hard in the paint because they're like, but for freedom, we have to do authoritarian control and da 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 and doing like weird purity tests on things and you're just like oh this got a little hmm. uncomfortable I am mm-hmm. noted you misquoted this old communist book are you really mm-hmm. yeah we're just like we're doing purges now and I'm like oh god <sighs> so things that are there they exist be aware of it move responsibly uh, something that should the book kind of concurs with my thoughts on this is this is a thing that may happen in your story that should probably denote as somebody being a bad guy is torture. There is a whole section in the second inquisition book on page 102 and 103 mm. about torture specifically. Mm. I really appreciate this section because it does a really good job of explaining why this is used in stories and why certain uh, agents might participate in a torture activity and why it is bad and ineffective, and a war crime, and don't fucking do it. Cool. But if you're going to, and have this be part of your plot... <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's a way don't to do it. Don't fucking do it. Yeah. But if you're gonna... If you're gonna, here are ways to do it that... Uh, it, it's like what Hunter was saying. Like This is denoting like who is who is actually the bad guy in this situation. Yeah. From the section on torture in the Second Inquisition book. Torture is a sensitive subject to approach in any context. Especially in a game of operatic horrors and cinematic soldiers, avoid presenting torture in a cartoonish or flippant manner. Torture violates people by explicit design. The U.S. Military Code of Justice, the Geneva Convention, and the laws and mores of every civilized country considers torture to be a crime against humanity. Yep. Still happens, though. Some serious shit. Yeah. 
And the other quote we got, um, same pages, same section. Um, Player characters face moral and ethical choices while burdened with a monstrous nature. Those same choices can break or corrupt mortals, plunging them into depravity without the excuse of the beast. Second Inquisition torture signals players that evil also exists outside of their own afflictions. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I I really appreciated the nuance of the section and also the fact that the section is super spicy and does not hold back on that. Oh yeah, we're going to directly reference governments that have done torture. Yeah. Specifically. And I'm just like... Good job, book. Thank you for acknowledging this. I was like, yeah, this is a real world thing that happens. It's super fucked up, but it happens. Uh, The book uh, recommends torture being off screen or as an implied threat most of the time. And I think that's probably the most responsible way to handle things Mm -hmm. most of the time. But, you know, I'm not one to impede a group or like if they want to get into the nitty gritty of like how fucked up this is and everybody is cool with it. And you guys want to play it out responsibly and talking about it afterwards and handle things and not be flippant about it. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not, because you're consenting adults. Right. Maybe don't. <laughs> if somebody's really gung-ho about doing this scene, maybe talk to mm-hmm. them. Be like, hey, bro, you good? Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> also, the book lists out a few techniques explicitly that uh, mirror actual torture techniques used by governments, mm-hmm. but they are twisted to fit for kindred. Okay. So, uh... There's one. Oh God, I'm trying. I to guess think. waterboarding wouldn't work on someone. Who no, it's called breathe. sunboarding. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Like I'm not joking. Like this is like, uh, as a millennial who grew up uh, during the Iraq War, and like I read all the files for Abu Ghraib that I could get my hands on because I was like, this is what my government is doing in my name, and this is super fucked up, and I should know. Yeah. I was reading that, and I was just like, oh fuck, you know. And I personally think it's irresponsible to run a game that covers and broaches these topics without acknowledging this and handling it again responsibly mm-hmm. and with the weight it deserves. But also if your game is just, we just want to be like slutty and powerful and rich and do politics and Elysium. I'm like, that's fine. You don't have to delve into this that deeply, but yeah. if you're going to get into mm-hmm. the, the thick of it, we can, <laughs> and you should responsibly, please, <laughs> please. Uh, and to reiterate, uh, Oh, also fun note. I forgot about this. If you want to do, quote-unquote, violent interrogation, there are rules for that in the core book on page 415. Huh. Again, they're like, you really shouldn't do this, but if you're going to, here's, here's, how, to here's how to do it. Yep. I would say, now this is just personal taste, but if you're going to do, like, a... Um... Uh, uh, reservoir dogs mm-hmm. in your game that might be you might be able to get away with something like that a little more tastefully mm-hmm. or like uh hey tell us what you know i'm gonna cut off a finger yeah okay you're like, like kind mm-hmm. of the kind of shit you'd see in a movie that you're like but you're not like weeping over mm-hmm. like that that could be like you could even do that and then th- have the threat of like more of these things happening and kind mm-hmm. of keep it cinematic and tasteful but still like Oh fuck! Like my guy, my character's missing a pinky finger now. Well, and also like in the context of Reservoir Dogs, uh, Mr. Blonde, who does that when that scene happens, everybody's like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Yeah. No. Like, yeah, he's a cop and we're criminals, and this guy's like not on our team, but you can't like set him on fire. <laughs> what the fuck? So yeah, yeah. yeah, we have to have some rules of engagement. We're professionals. Yeah, and I think that that's like. Again, using Reservoir Dogs, those quick moments of that extreme violence really can punctuate, you know, a scene. That doesn't mean you want to make a scene out of it, though. Yeah. If, I, that's make, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, 
touch on it and move on. Don't have don't have a 15 minute scene about it. Have like two minutes and then yeah, because right. then you're getting into like the the Eli Roth hostile like torture porn era, and I'm just like. I understand why culturally that happened, especially in American cinema, considering all the things we were going through and things we were doing to other people, like, illegally. <laughs> and that might have been a cultural way to process all of that shit. It's, it's very sticky and messy and yeah. blah, 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 blah. I will say, kudos to the book, they, uh, they put the disclaimer and saying that, you know, torture is bad up front instead of doing the GTA 5 thing where they waited until halfway through the torture scene to make a commentary on it. Oh yeah, mm. they were like, yeah. "This is this is a bad thing. It's an option, but it's a bad thing. We don't condone it." Instead mm-hmm. of so, you know just half platitude halfway through, going, "This is bad." Yeah, yeah. and the book also up front, the very beginning, when they're like, "This is what this book is for," also has a segment about like, "Hey, these themes, the ones I have just discussed, are really heavy, and make sure you talk to your players about it." And they reference the consent section of the core book. Ah, uh, so we're also going to be like, "Hey, talk to your players about this shit beforehand." Talk about it at session zero. This is why we do consent sheets. And also why you follow through periodically and be like, hey, so uh, the story's getting a little heavy. Are we still all good with this? Everybody good? And if someone seems not good, go ahead and take a five minute like snack break. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You don't have to hurt your friends with story. It's not worth it. Like, I don't care how cool you fucking think your story is and how badass and edgy you're being. Like, it's not worth ruining a friendship over. Agree. Yeah. So don't do that. And yeah, I, I was about to say check-ins are, are always good too. Just yeah. because on, you know, uh, session zero, someone was feeling one way doesn't mean that their situation hasn't changed in the past few weeks or something mm-hmm. like that. So, or, you know, world events might've changed and right. now everybody's like, that someone could just be having a one-off bad week and they're like, next week we can do this as much as we want. But right now I need like a easy game. Yeah. yeah. Can mm-hmm. we focus on somebody else instead of my bullshit, please? Like that's also valid super valid you guys could do that yeah you as a player can also tell your sd like hey i i see where the plot's going i'm not digging this right now can we turn this into a fade to black can we like turn this in a way where this isn't as gonna be as intense as i feel like you're trying to steer this right yeah or it's like i was i was expecting (laughs) i was expecting reservoir dogs and now we're getting into uh zero dark 30 oh and it's like uh what yeah the tone shifted a bit, and I'm a little concerned. Uh, no, I, same goes for yeah. STs. Like, we talk mm-hmm. about players talking out and speaking out a lot, but also, like, if your players are starting to get into areas that you're feeling like, I don't really know if I want to deal with that, like... You don't let the murder hobos take the wheels. Right, yeah. No, like, make, make sure you can, to make... You stay comfortable, too. Yeah. yeah. You can just be like, time out. Yeah. We're going to take a week break and then talk it over next session. Yeah. See if we're uh, even continuing. World of Darkness and Vampire the Masquerade are story games that encourage people exploring like very morally complex subjects and nobody's really a good guy. Nobody's really a bad guy. Like not in that, you know, movie by like binary way, Mm -hmm. white hat, cowboy, black hat, cowboy. So doing that does require a bit more effort on the ST to like do the research and make sure things are going in a way that is at least respectful of the material that you're covering. Actually do the research, please. Yeah, I was actually going to say too, it's not really, they're not really out, so it's not a big deal yet, but I would say Vampire the Masquerade 
is probably directly the most morally gray of all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, At least when it comes to real world events. Like, yeah, like, Demon gets pretty fucking edgy after a while. And some of these other game lines get edgy in, like, a cartoonish, like, horror kind of way. But I think vampires are tied so directly to humanity and the machinations and everyday lives of humans that, like, it will very quickly get to places where you might need to be like, hey, let's chat for a second yeah can, was... can we do a small cut small cut uh sarah's uh, i guess tldr thing is please don't make doing harm for the quote-unquote greater good seem cool and don't make war crimes seem cool in your game by mistake mm-hmm. that's just yeah please don't do that the greater good yeah no no please don't do that like if i was in a game and somebody started doing that kind of shit i'd be like oh, i might i might tap from the game entirely i'm just like mm-hmm. bra no it really depends on the level, too, for me personally. I mean, again, this is just something that you're going to need to talk with your the people around you. And if people start getting uncomfortable, be ready for you to maybe pull back on some of that from your character. And if that ruins your experience, you might just need to find another group or make a new character that will fit a little better. Because, mm-hmm. like, shit, I, very easy, like the second Batman movie, I think it was, mm-hmm. where he fucking wiretaps all of the city to find Joker Man. Yeah. Uh, I could definitely see, without even really thinking about, just making character who did that. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but maybe someone else at your table, not into like, that. Nah. You're super against that shit, because, yeah. you know, they might have had an experience of, like, oh, yeah, no, they themselves or somebody they know may have been wiretapped by the government and then got pulled into some sort of weird fucking court case or... Mm-hmm. what the fuck ever or you know you might be involved in uh certain like political actions and groups and then the i you know you're stressed about this in your real life and now coming to play game and you're just like i don't want to fucking deal with this on my fun time as well Ugh. or even simpler they may have had an ex or a friend who's gone through their messages and used things they've said to other people against them out of context and they might not want to play a game where the other characters are reading their messages too. Mm-hmm. That's even less messy, like simple reason why someone would be like, I'm not cool with playing that game right now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, second inquisition thoughts on the book and everything so far. Cause this is, this episode's kind of a baby's first second inquisition. <laughs> baby's first second inquisition. Hey guys, let's talk about war crimes. I would say when I first started reading the book, little confused slash disappointed Mm -hmm. um it was not what i expected but the more i read it the more i started to like it Mm -hmm. um i was expecting a little more lore up front and a little bit of like setting you up for what you're gonna read like more traditional world of darkness books have done in the past where it really starts heavy in the paint with reference material and there is story in that reference material and it's the only book where other than just for fun, I would encourage anyone interested in this book as a player, lore fan, or ST to read all the individual um, entries, almost like reading like the monster manual. Because at first I was kind of like skimming that, just being like, all right, let me get to the good stuff. And then I went back and started reading. And I was like, oh, that is the good stuff. It's yeah. just hidden yeah. with inside all the stat blocks. So this is really a book that you kind of have to take all or nothing from, unfortunately, or fortunately. I mean, it's a great wealth of knowledge, but you kind of just got to read it. Like, you got to read it. You can't just, like other books, like flip to a certain page and be like, I'm going to read about just this. It is all one big conglomeration of information that is referencing itself constantly. And if you try and read it out of order, I'm afraid you might get a little lost. 
So that is my big takeaway from reading it myself. I know Sarah and I talked about this a little bit when I was reading through it the first time. Yeah, I. if you're going into this and you're not used to dealing with uh, like military or kind of any kind of governmental like organizational stuff, if like that's not something you do for funsies like I do because I'm a psycho. Uh, I, there's, uh, God, what? There is, I think it's chapter four or five where they actually start explaining like lore wise, like it's past all the reference material. And there's one section that's like, okay, this is what the five torches are. Here's how all the countries break down. Like I listed at the beginning, maybe read that first if you're not used to it. So then that way you can go back and read all the sections about all the, uh, different agents, uh, stat blocks and their tactics there where you have a frame of reference to go, Oh, okay. So here is the, here's the GRU agents. Here's like SO13. Here's uh, unit 8211. I can see where, how all these threads are connecting in with each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I fucking love this book. This book was basically, I'm like, this is everything I wanted. And it's just a fucking rabbit's hole of plot and seeing how offhanded mentions of things that different agencies and agents have dealt with tie into meta plot from the previous books and then if you go back and look at the previous books you're looking at it going oh okay i see how this now connects to this and how these people affected that and you're just like fuck and that's cool some of it also ties back into stuff like just before v5 and getting into like beckett's and further back and you're just like oh fuck mm-hmm. oh my god this ugh, ugh. This is a lot. It's, uh, it kind of, it kind of takes me back to uh, when I was in high school and was first learning about like the uh, Gulf Tonkin incident and shit. And you're just like, oh my God, what happens? What? And then it just peels into like layers of just uh, action and reaction, just kind of like this tumbling cycle of history and how things interact with each other. And it's just like, this is really cool. Mm. I'm going to need another like two weeks to get through all this shit. Yeah. Uh, James, I know you had a bunch of notes. Sad's founder, Charles Horner. I love this. We'll get into more about the guy. It's very interesting how this guy like pieced together in like the early 1900s that vampires existed. In the 1970s, after he confirmed vampires existed, this motherfucker was like, I'm pretty sure there are other supernatural things about. I'm pretty sure there are werewolves. Immediately. After he went to investigate them, he had a hunting accident. <laughs> Immediately. Just, yeah, they're like, I'm gonna fuck around with vampires forever. And the werewolf were like, we're gonna kill you immediately. Just <laughs> right off the bat. Just no stop. That dude was dead. Like, he had been fucking with vampires. For what, like 20, 30 years at that point? Over that 40 oh, years. He'd fuck. been, there'd been 40 years of him fucking around trying to figure that shit out in the moment he was like i'm gonna fuck around with guru that that probably they did not try to subtlety that or nothing he was just like i'm gonna go fuck around with this native american like protest and they're like kill him dead dead no no i was gonna say that's actually a good tie-in because um yeah the american indian movement uh, yeah i i have some notes uh for an upcoming episode i know some of our um, listeners in the Discord were asking about it. So I'm doing basically a tourist's guide to the supernaturals in the world of darkness. So everything that's not a vampire, yeah. um, we're going to do like a quick dive through. Um, but one thing I did notice about this book, and that's kind of always been a thing, is like 
kind of i mentioned earlier vampires are so directly tied to humans more so than a lot of the other books Mm -hmm. that a lot of these organizations don't give a shit about other supernaturals or they know about them and they're like we'll deal with that later at most like it mentions the arcanum they were mostly a mage thing Mm -hmm. um but even them in context of this book they're basically just getting magic items to use against vampires like um well that's also because in the the project twilight book and it talks about it is like it's because vampires fuck with humans way more than the other yeah that's that's what i'm saying like um (laughs) they're a bigger they're a way bigger problem yeah so i'm i'm trying to put together some notes from v5 about other stuff but Mm -hmm. i've got that in the works um but before we do that skipper do you have any second inquisition thoughts um other than they're terrifying yeah i think we've covered most of them (laughs) no they're kind of terrifying yeah just imagine uh, here's the thing that was just imagine me just reading through this book and tabbing and making notes to my gay little stickers while listening to like bo burnham's inside on loop that's kind of what my past week has been and i'm just like oh god do you think that if you pictured brennan lee mulligan as an agent no here's the thing I haven't had time to finish the fifth season of L.A. by night, but spoilers. I mean, they've there have been trailers with this. So I don't feel bad talking about it. The Second Inquisition is a big plot point in the fifth season, and I'm so excited. They gave the one of the major Second Inquisition agents to the psychopath that is Brennan Lee Mulligan. I'm just I'm just like, whoo. I was like, he's got the right kind of energy for this. And I'm like, okay, good, 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 good. I just, I just need to sit down and binge it. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the fuck I'm going to. Yeah, exactly. But with this information now in the arsenal, I'm very curious how this is going to affect uh, the uh, New York game that Jason Carl is going to be putting out for us soon. So I'm just like, New York's had a lot of fuckery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of fuckery in just... <laughs> Our, our reality, let alone the vampire world. Oh no, what does this mean? Yeah. Did we already get into that, that potentially New York could be ruled by Harshtat 3? Uh, no, that was DC. That was DC. Yeah, 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 DC, was DC is Harshtat 3. I was no. like, no, I I know there's like potentially some Zemitsi fuckery underneath New York City as well yeah, as... Yeah, the Cronenberg monster? Yeah, underneath the World Trade Center? Yeah. <laughs> Again, we've lot. Because yeah. Skipper has had a thing. I have misspoken the previous episode. <laughs> it's not potentially a virus. It's potentially a tumor. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's also, well, because like New York has all the, the long problematic history of, you know, the NYPD and also, you know, spying on American citizens who happen to be Muslim and mm. all sorts of other shit. Wait. So I'm just like, where's this going to go, guys? Wait, I just had a eureka moment. Oh, God. If, if the Zamitsi slime is under the city being... A tumor, you can feasibly do the the plot of the movie Chud in V5. It, there's precedent. You could do Chud. You, you could do Chud. You could do Chud. Chud's a great movie. You it should go watch movie. Chud. I, gotta watch, I think I got Chud Poor too, Sean. Bud the Chud. Hell yeah. Poor John Candy. Not John Candy. Oh, God. The guy from Roseanne. John Goodman? Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah, poor John Goodman. He's in the movie for like two seconds and just gets fucking murdered by chuds <laughs> out of nowhere. He is not being a bad cop or anything. Yeah. He's just sitting around in a diner and then, surprise, chuds. Yeah, yeah chuds. Chuds. Yeah, so. He, he didn't even do anything wrong. Second Inquisition, fucking terrifying uh, in plot as well as just existentially, just like, oh, God. I, I keep thinking of like situations that have in, happened around our lives mm-hmm. that could have totally been things like this. Yeah. Um, 
specifically government agencies like reaching out to people who aren't necessarily uh in their right mind in the moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah (laughs) and just being like you're in a bad spot and you're like you wish you could do something about it well we have this stuff that you could use it's we're gonna call it freedom paste right yeah yeah, we have you know, surface-to-air like, missile launchers. No, 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 no. We, we, can, we have a... There's a whole thing. But yeah. No, I'm just... No, it, it's just like... It's it's an interesting uh, and kind of terrifying idea. You know, some Redditor's like, I'm angry. I feel like there might be vampires. And then suddenly there's like, you know, <laughs> $30,000 in his bank account. Yeah. <laughs> even if you want to get more <laughs> into that, people are just like... Oh yeah, there's these elite one percent guys that are like running the world and everything. And then you know, in the context of Vampire the Masquerade, it's literally true. But they're yeah. also blood sucking freaks. <laughs> and you know, it's, there there is a technical moral impetus to like remove them in the right. correct context. But also, it's like these are sentient beings that are afflicted by essentially a mental illness given to them by God. Maybe I don't know. So like. <laughs> Do you have the right to execute them? Well, we got to remember right. there's no way that Jeffrey Bezos is a vampire because if he was, Azamitsi would have fucked it and would have unfucked his eye. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. <laughs> That's why I was dying laughing. No, I thought great. about that and I'm like, Jeffrey Bezos can't be a vampire. Azamitsi would have unfucked his eyeball by now. I, uh, I was going to say that is actually one of the biggest um, contentions within the original Inquisition book which is largely just about the society of leopold that was mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. but um there was a movement in that group who Mm -hmm. tried to become reparationists Mm -hmm. who essentially were like well we don't have to kill them on site what if we can reform them and help them find god and then take them to their final death or use them as a tool against other supernaturals now that they've found like the word of god um i'm not going to go into details on that because that is like part of the plot line through the original book, but it's really interesting, I mm. think. That's yeah, uh, I've got to ask, because can't leave off on that, because I know somebody listening to this will be thinking the same thing. What would those people think about vampires that are already practicing Golconda? Would they just be like, oh, they've already got it? Well, that's the problem with Golconda, is that uh, we could do a whole episode on it, and yeah. it's very vague. Um, and if it ties into Dark Ages, which I will admit mm. is like, a blind spot for me and there's a book i really need to read but i don't think it's available on print on demand and it's for hundreds of dollars but i believe it's the path of light which is the book that has a lot of the like christian vampire lore in it mm-hmm. um i know it's got the stats for jesus in there but um Jeebus. if you stat it we will kill it <laughs> uh, i'm gonna fight the lord i'm gonna kill god <laughs> But also, oh, like, wait, 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 God's son. <laughs> but also, and he's also God. Yeah. But also, if you're running a game, keep this in mind: the um, Sabbat has recently broken, and all that is left is essentially the Black Hand, the mm-hmm. crazies of the crazies. Some of these people are showing up in the Camarilla. Um, the Second Inquisition is a largely Catholic organization. Who else used the Catholics as a cover-up for their organization? For over a decade. Mm. In and it's these weird games. that these random religious people are showing up in vampire areas. Yeah, and there's, well, and you also, I've tried to figure out the best way to parse this. Yeah, we, hi, we're Americans. Um, we have the fun context of also having to deal with, like, the evangelicals and all sorts of these really 
extreme Christian branches here in the United States. And you mean to tell me some of these guys that are like, you know, like from the Jesus Camp documentary, if they were like given a budget and were told like, oh yeah, there are these monsters that like eat people and are demons and they wouldn't just fucking like absolutely be like, woo, roll tide. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Woo, we knew it. The liberals are eating babies. Yeah. Like, you know. Proof. Yeah. So again, depending on how you want to flavor your campaign and what stuff you're interested in doing, that could be part of it. And there's also a section in the second inquisition, the new book about, um, there are different organizational branches that are looking into basically trying to find a cure for vampirism, kind of like in the plot of X-Men three, but they need a lot of material Mm -hmm. to run their experiments on. And they're just grinding through thin bloods to do it. And it's just like, Oh no. And the thin bloods got it. They got the worst, dude. I know. (laughs) It's babies. No. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, if you want to get into like, Mangala and like the uh, the like the syphilis experiments levels of just fucked. inhumanity fucked on yeah. a governmental level. You can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Make sure everybody's cool with this before you do this as a plot in your story because it's super fucked up. Yeah, it's super fucked up. <laughs> they they did a really great job at opening it up to just the whole gambit of the idea. Uh-huh. You know, anywhere from like you know your local high schoolers who. I think you mentioned it in a very previous episode, like your local high schoolers who are like, oh my gosh, my girlfriend broke up with me for this fucking vampire over here. Let's go beat him up. Yeah. And they show up with bats and just, you know, beat a vampire to death. It yeah. goes from that to, yeah, Mangla levels of government experimentation and things yeah. like that. And but, everything in between. Yeah, it's like, oh, even worse. Like, just, what if there's like parts of the governments that are like, what if we make a super soldier serum out of vampire stuff? Mm-hmm. and then weaponize it. They just start feeding we, all of their soldiers ash? Yeah, and they start, or even worse, like a pharmaceutical company gets a hold of their shit, and they start, like, privatizing oh, vampire Vitae, Yeah, basically. Because um, it's already legal to, like, basically copyright sequences of DNA. So, like... <laughs> How fucked do you want your plot to be, guys? And, like, the book's not out, the whole game line's not out, so I'm not going to go into spoilers or anything, but that basically happened in Old World Werewolf if you read the Pentex mm-hmm. books. Pentex. Oh, it's the pain of my yep. Fuck mm. Pentex. No. Yeah, everybody here bitches ah! about the technocracy. And no. I'm just over here like, Pentex does worse. I mean, fuck the technocracy, but also fuck hey, Pentex. Hey. I said what I said. We're just trying to solidify and make a I safe said. world. I said what I said, but at what cost? <laughs> yeah. But at least we're trying to make sure. How much could a banana cost? Twenty dollars. <laughs> <gasps> hey, hey, hey! We're trying to talk to the syndicate. All right, listen here. That. Look, if you want to be an acolyte of Abed, that's fine. That's on you. Sorry, I just we finished Moon Knight this week too, and mm. I fucking oh, loved it. You mean Ahmed? Yes, I said Ahmed. You said Abed. No, regardless. Yeah. I'll say um, before we wrap up. Anything else? I had one final thing to say. Oh, go but... for it, my dude. So, um, this is going to be maybe our longest episode to date. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, and uh, there's so much more we could talk about. Um, if there's anything from this that we've mentioned, or if you've read the book and want clarification on anything, um, feel free to message us on Twitter, hop in our Discord, because, um, yeah, we, we definitely want to do a, a follow-up as for this soon, just because I feel like 
this is maybe the most useful book in my opinion for an st that's come out like other than the straight adventures that really like give you the tools to run a game like straight up this is a book of tools Mm -hmm. they gave us a big old toolbox some of it's bloody um because i mean yeah like i said we mentioned it but like we could talk about the inquisition and saint leopold we could talk about the arcanum and the magic relic hunters we could talk about a whole episode about the relics from here we could talk about there's a whole section on just building task force to take down your players Mm -hmm. uh coteries and we could do a whole episode where we help you guys build one of those yeah there's a whole section about uh project heartbeat where uh there's just a whole section of the first first light that is uh, using algorithms and metadata to collect and build profiles about kindred and have those on file. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yay. It's really neat. It's really cool. I think uh, talk about these things is really interesting and exciting and also, you know, fun things to hurt your players with. <laughs> Make sure they're cool with it. <laughs> and, and for like your old world listeners, mm. I mean... This book kind of takes every book that came out in the original year of the hunter mm-hmm. and combines it into one book. The only one I heard absolutely no mention of was stuff from the autumn people, which like doesn't surprise me. Um, they're just like really, really ultra boring humans mm-hmm. and like one psychologist. So not surprised that didn't <laughs> pop up, but um, yeah, this book's yet to go on to the full SCP shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You could honestly pull SCP shit and then just run it well, through the lens of the Second Inquisition and like. Well, no, no, no. Use I'm saying it doesn't have in text that it, oh. has, it hasn't gone that much. You oh, can yeah. do it, but I'm like, it hasn't had that like. This is how we secure, contain, and protect these weird ass things that aren't vampires. Yeah, there are mentions of different again uh, branches mm. that specialize in. Uh, Renditions and containment and study of vampires or the blank bodies. Mm-hmm. Roll credits. Anyways. <laughs> uh, immediately start playing paralyzed. Music. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's, it's really cool and good and neat and also terrifying and exciting. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, special notes. Uh, everybody that helped with the Nago. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. I think, uh, I think Skipper could still use some help. If anybody's, uh, got the ability to give, he's, uh, he's getting close. I don't, I don't think he's fully there. Could still use some FYI folks. Yeah. Uh, no, well, Nago's doing all right. Um, Yay. the, we won't talk about money. Nago's doing great. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Everybody who helped out with that. And thank you for everybody who reached out to support. Mm-hmm. It means a lot guys. Yeah. So we were talking about this and because you guys have supported us to the point where we were able to upgrade our equipment and the space that we record in. And not only that, but a lot of people gave extra out of pocket to support uh, Skipper and Nago um, and all the bullshit that's happening in the world right now. Um, we have... Ah! Sorry. We have decided that we're going to take last month's and this month's Patreon money, and uh, we are going to roll that into a local abortion fund. Because privacy nope. and autonomy rights are important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. As, as somebody who unfortunately has a uterus. <laughs> Dark times. They are brewing. Yeah. It's spooky. I'm definitely glad that I am mostly mechanical. Do not rinse out your eyes with tear gas with milk. Don't. 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 It's not good. Don't fucking do that. Mm-hmm. I hear baking soda and water yes. is yep. the best choice Three there. teaspoons baking soda, eight ounces of water. Boom. Welcome. Got shake, it. shake really well. Shake. 
powder because tear gas is powder off your shit. Also, keep samples in case you have reactions. Mm-hmm. And guys, just think about getting a vasectomy. I did it, and it is <laughs> yeah. Like no, legit. It's not as, really quick. Yeah, I was out of work for like two days. They gave me a bunch of cool pills. I felt like a rapper for a couple days. <laughs> um, I got free ice cream, and I just watched movies on a projector in bed. It was sick, and now no more, no, no more worries, no more problems. I'm yeah. just God. I'm just envisioning Hunter rolling around, inclined with a grill, giant glasses, just. Auto tune. Hey yeah. I think you have a pimp cup. Uh, Do you I have, still have that. I have some chains, but I just wear those normally. Yeah, you just wear that. Um, I was honestly this entire time really trying to keep the vision of you just feeling like like a Hershey's wrapper. Ah, uh, just uh. crinkly on your bed. Just like I'm nice and toasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean. Who knows what's going to happen if you have the ability to do so. I would do it now while it's still covered yeah. by insurance and Shit's available. Fucked. Yeah. Please be safe. Ladies, Take care of each if other. the worst thing happens, stop fucking men. <laughs> if, Just stop if it's fucking your, them. It's your prerogative. It's your body. It is literally your choice. Mm-hmm. Peg them if they need to be penetrated. Hail Satan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, like I said, we're going to be donating uh, our Patreon money for last month and this upcoming cycle. Hell yeah. Um, if you'd like to donate to that, go ahead and join on Patreon. You're also very much encouraged to find a local fund or um, legal fund mm-hmm. around legal you to donate to. Probably going to be a big thing soon. Uh, yeah, this weekend might get a little spicy. Uh, I don't know. We're recording Saturday morning, so and this will come out Monday, so the world may be a different place again. Yeah, yeah when this episode airs. And uh, if it isn't, good. If it is, we're sorry. Or good. Or good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck these dorks. Fuck <laughs> these dorks. <laughs> Maybe a governing body of oh. nine unimpeachable, unelected people should be monitored 24-7 instead of having privacy. Maybe all of their documents <sighs> should be public at all times. I wonder what Colbert's got in that envelope. Mm. <laughs> I'm really wondering. Oh, you mean... Not Colbert. Oliver. Oliver. John Oliver. I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's where we're at. Uh, please stay safe. Make good choices. Look out for each other. Look out for each other. Consent is good. Thank you for helping Puppo. The Puppo's doing great. Mm-hmm. His hardest struggle right now is being chill. He won't chill the fuck out. So He's back to normal. Stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That little Elizabethan collar. He still hasn't figured it out. Oh. So doorways are difficult. <laughs> and it's oh. kind of hilarious sometimes. Oh, the cone of shame. How, yeah. how many times has he bapped into the doors? Every time. Every time. Every <laughs> single time. He catches it and he'll pause and then he'll look at me. Every time I see him, he looks at me like, God damn it. Freedom he father. Pushes his head over, pulls it across the door and then comes in. I'm like, sorry, buddy, just one more week. I gave him a t-shirt. I bought Aww. a t-shirt at Target Cute. for him. I cut it up so it would fit him um, because he can't, you know, he, he has an incision that starts at his rib cage and Aww. goes to his crotch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the organization, actually, there was an organization that helped us out uh, called Aww. Indie Cares. They're Yay. really awesome. Um, they helped us out as well. Um, they also paid to get him neutered. Hell yeah. Hey. But a t-shirt won't cover that incision. So I gave him the t-shirt thinking, you won't have to wear the comb with the t-shirt. But then he was like, oh, but my nuts. But and I, I, was like, oh, but I got, I got a right. dingle and you're like, no. But the yeah. testicles. So now he has to wear the, the cone. <laughs> and it's a little shirt. Yeah. And it's pretty cute, honestly. Aww. I'll try to get a picture. Hell yeah. 
Uh, thanks, if, Paralyzed. Thanks, Paralyzed Music. If you want to see a picture of the cute boy doggo in the shirt, uh, we have Twitter. We're probably going to post it on Twitter. Yes. Yeah, we, uh, we, we do that for IGN. Blank yeah. underscore bodies. We are also on the Instagram at blank bodies pod. If you're interested in participating, we have an interview series. Uh, we got some fun interviews lined up. We have done some fun ones in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, and they're all over the place we've had. People who've worked on these books, people who make their own completely unrelated games, streamers, like people musicians. who do arts. Yeah. If you do cosplay, art, music, stream, do anything that is horror or vampire related. If you're a lick, I'll use a different word this time. Hey, change it up. If you are a fellow blank body. More admission. I ain't admitted shit. Yeah, we are the Blank Bodies because we're a podcast. Yeah. And if they are a fellow Blank Body out there, a fan of the show, then they should reach out to us. At This is the go sign. Mm-hmm. Blank Bodies Black, Black at, gmail. at Gmail. Blank Bodies at Gmail. Yeah, hit me up. I usually read those. I try and respond same day. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, through the work week, I'm real quick on that. So. Yeah. so we've done our bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, did we mention Discord? Get on Discord. We have a Discord. It's cool. We hang out, share memes as cute pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're usually there to contact like all times. Yeah. Sharing game stuff. We'll talk. We will happily talk with you about your game stuff mm-hmm. and workshop shit. Yeah, we've helped a couple people flesh out the stories they're running. There are people running games in there. I think mm-hmm. we have like two or three vampire games going now. Um, we have Deadlands game coming up. Oh, yeah. I think that one's about to wrap, though. I yeah, but, I, but I'm just saying, if you want to run something and that you can't convince your friends to play, pop in the looking for game server and be like, hey, I bought this book. Who wants to play this? I'm sure someone will say yes. <laughs> or if you're looking to play something. the Most of these guys are pretty chill. Most everyone's pretty chill and usually like, hey, I need X amount of players. This is when it's going. Are you a if nerd? Are you goth? If, you, if you're available and chill, we'll do it. Yes. Uh, also, if you are doing your own projects and you want to do some community promo, we also have a channel for that. Yep. Because we need to support each other. All right. Uh, goodbye. Fuck the government. Yeah! <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.